Uh, let's get into today's message. I'm so happy to be back with y'all today. Um, so fortunate to have Dr. Rick Lanford speak last Sunday. What a great job he did so that Shannon and I could be away for our anniversary. We just got away for a long weekend. Um, we're celebrating 24 years. Y'all, she has put up with me for 24 years, and that deserves to be celebrated, right? So, thank you. Yes. So we got away just for a little quick trip, and we're back, and I'm excited to begin a brand new series with you today. Okay, I'm upset that we're done with Heroes, um, but this series is going to be even better. Let's get into it, okay? It's called God is Fill in the Blank. How many of y'all love that opening bumper song, The Who? Do y'all not like that? Yes. Um, And this is important, because a lot of times we walk around wondering who God really is. Okay, I like... Who is he? And what does he mean for me? The the real reason to do this is just to help us gain a little bit more of an understanding of the God that we serve. Okay, because maybe you grew up thinking a few things about God. And maybe, let's just be honest, maybe your image of God is just a little bit off. For instance, when I say God, what kind of picture does that conjure up in your mind? Okay, in fact, look at your message notes for everybody that came in this morning. Those of you online, um, you don't get to see this, but everybody that's in here, if you look at your message notes, you'll see that I put a little uh, thing on there for you to draw an image of God. Like if I were to ask you right now to doodle an image of God on those message notes that you were handed coming in, what would you draw? How would you draw God? What does he look like to you? How would you dress him up? What would you think of? You know, one of my favorite stories when it goes to, and I know I share this joke a a lot. Um, If you're new to the Ridge, here you go. Um, But one time a teacher asked her students to doodle and just draw. They had some free time, and so she walked by Johnny's desk, and she said, Johnny, what are you drawing? Johnny said, I'm drawing God. And the teacher says, well, Johnny, nobody knows what God looks like. And he says, well, they will when I'm done. (laughs) See, it's still good. I like it. I like it. So, classic joke. Um, Listen, what would your image of God look like if you were to draw him down? Let me give you a few examples of what you might draw, okay? And let's see if any of these resonate with you. Number one, you might draw the judge. You might draw something like this. And this is usually because there are those of us that feel guilty. And we feel guilty about something that we've done, something that we've said in the past. And we view God up in heaven as, as this type of figure just looking for the opportunity to catch us messing up. The problem with this is that I am scared a little bit of this type of idea of God, right? This type of idea of God is a hard person to be in a relationship with. It looks like the type of person that's just going to drag me down or catch me messing up. Another one is the old man. Might draw a picture like of an old guy. Some of us view God this way, right? Like in the Old Testament, you know, we have different views of God when it comes to Old Testament and New Testament. You know, we try to, you know, we try to reconcile that. Like, how does it, how is it the same God in the old and the new? Because in the old, he looks powerful and mighty. And then in the new, there's Jesus and there's this love and there's this grace. And, you know, it's almost like God had Jesus and then he just kind of backed off, right? And Jesus came and God's just kind of like, well, whatever. You know, he just kind of kicking back, you know, sipping tea on his front porch, just watching life go by, right? Another one might be an undercover agent. Okay, and let me explain what I mean by this. What I mean by this is that he changes for different people. Might dress him up however you want to, and the other person might dress him up however they want to. And it, God gets really confusing because different denominations and different people say different things about God, right? 
And so I get to pick and choose what I want to believe about who he is and what he means. And then the last one is this guy, is the free spirit, man. Okay, some tend to, some tend to view God in these kind of terms, this, this peace, love, and happiness, and just tiptoeing through the tulips, right? The problem with viewing God in this way is that we don't always think of God's expectation when it comes to holiness or his righteous anger sometimes or his jealousy when we, when we worship other things, when we put other things in front of him. This kind of God, we, we, we minimize holiness and we maximize personal happiness. This kind of God just wants me to feel good so it doesn't matter what I do as long as I'm happy. So... These are just a couple of views, okay? These are some common views that I wrote down. You probably have different views. When honestly, there's a lot of different views. The problem is, is that while some of these views might be true in some respects, if this is the only view that we have of God, then it can be very, very wrong. And you know what? Another thing about this is that so oftentimes we get these mis judgments about who God is, and then we come to find out later in life that he's nothing like I thought he was. Have you ever had that happen before? Have you ever met somebody, and when you finally met them, you were like, man, I was way off. You know, maybe you met a famous person, or you finally got that interview with the boss, or you finally got the nerve to ask that person out on a date, or something like that, and then you finally got to sit down, and you got to meet them, and you're like, wow, they are nothing like what I was expecting. And you know, when it comes to God, sometimes, honestly, there's a lot more to God than sometimes we know or we think there is. So, as we start this series and we try to define who God is, let's go to Scripture. There's actually a good point. In the Old Testament, when God chooses to describe himself, you've heard me talk about this story before, but he, he chooses to describe himself in some unusual language. And this happens in Exodus chapter 3. We just talked a little bit about this when Moses goes to Pharaoh and he's trying to lead his people out of Egypt. There was a point there when that happened that God didn't really have a name. Okay, God didn't want any images of himself, he didn't have a name. Because he didn't want anybody to ascribe anything to him because he was mightier than all of that, right? So there's this point where Moses is having this conversation with God, and he's like, Moses is like, well, what do I tell Pharaoh you are? Like, who do I say you are? Do I tell him, well, the burning bush, like the, the person in the bush told me to come? Like, like, how does that conversation work with Pharaoh? And here's God's response in Exodus 3.14. He tells Moses this. God replied to Moses. I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> like, that's kind of confusing, right? I mean, suppose someone asks you who you worship. Like, what, what God do you worship at the ridge? Are you supposed to reply this? Well, I worship the I am. Like, well, what does that mean for us? And there's a lot that we're going to unpack over the next couple of weeks when it comes to this phrase. For starters, for starters, this phrase points to the eternal existence of God. Basically, there's never a time that God didn't exist, right? He's always been, he is now, and will always be. Okay, this is referred to as his omnipresence. Now, this is a big word, omnipresence. 
Okay, now before we break this down, before we get into this, uh, let me just push pause for just a minute. Because I want you to know where we're going with this series, okay? He, here's, here's what I want you to know. I believe that God wants to be known. Okay, I believe that God wants you to know him more. God wants to reveal himself to you so that you can have a strong relationship with him. So that the better you know someone, the closer you are to them, right? So God, God wants to be known. Sometimes we view him as this, this being that's far and distant and removed, and how could I ever know, or how could I know what to expect? But that's not, that's not the case. That's a faulty image that we have of God. He wants to be known. He wants to be close. And when he's close, we have a better relationship with him. So all the theological words that we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks, these these words, these phrases have been put down to help us understand more of who God is so that we grow in our relationship with him. And again, the reason this is important is because the more you know about God, the more life makes sense. Right? I mean, it's just true. The, the better life is, the, the more everything. It, life is just easier. Life is better. We find more fulfillment in life the more we know about God. So that's why we're doing this series. And this is good news because for some of us this morning, we're unclear on a lot of, not just about God, we're unclear about God. Yes, we'll put that aside for just a minute. We're unclear about a lot of things in life, right? We're, we're unclear about the direction of our life. We're unclear about the future of our life. And, and the reason that we're unclear sometimes about the future, the direction about what's going on right now, is because we're unclear about God. For some of us, we lack direction in our life because we have a faulty understanding of who God is and what God expects. You see, I, th- I think there's this cause and effect here. If you don't have the proper image of God or the proper picture of God, then life isn't going to make sense. You're not going to have the fulfillment that you are meant to have, right? So, let's work on this a bit. Like, what does it mean when God says, I am? Okay, what does the Bible tell us about God? Well, the Bible tells us pretty much the word that we use. Go back to that other slide there, Wayne. Go back to omnipresent. Um, is about his omnipresence. Okay, the God is omnipresent. Let's break this down. Omni means all. Present means present. So this simply means that God is all present, that he is everywhere. And the reason we know this is because this is what Scripture teaches us. In fact, let me take you to a point when King David, in the Psalms, he writes this down about God. Okay, he says this. He says, I can never escape from your presence right? I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I love this psalm. What David is saying is that even if I go to the highest points possible, God is there. Even if I go to the darkest, deepest points in life, God is still there. He is still with me. His presence is everywhere and I cannot escape it. So this tells us that there is nowhere that God is not, right? God is everywhere. He is in everything. David goes on in the psalm to say that God knows us inside and out. And this is hard This is hard for some of us to reconcile, 
when it comes to God's presence being with us. Because if God really knows us, then some of us have a problem because then that means that God knows everything that I've done and all the mess-ups that I've had. And preacher, if you only knew. And if you only knew what I did, what I've done, if you only knew that time 10 years ago and I'm still hanging on to that, if you only knew what I said, how I messed this up, what I did over there. You see, some of us believe that because of those moments in life, because God knows us inside and out, because he is everywhere, that that affects his presence with us because he wouldn't want to be near us. Because that kind of holy God wouldn't want anything to do with me. When the fact of the matter is, God was with you before you messed up. God was with you when you messed up. And God promises to be with you now even after you mess. His presence is always with you. This is a promise that we have in Scripture. This is a promise that we see from David. David, if you think you've messed up in life, you got nothing on David. Go back and read his stories of what he did, and y'all all know the story of Bathsheba, and then y'all know the story what happened to her husband and what he did. And yet God's presence, he still writes this, the highest moments to the lowest moments. God's presence never leaves. You see, there's actually some great benefits to God's presence. I want to talk about three in particular. If you got your message notes, let's look at those right now. Because God is all present, number one, it means that God can direct me daily. Okay, number one, God can direct me daily. If you're online and you're following along with us, go to the message notes portion. You can fill in some blanks there. But God's presence with me means that he directs me. God knows the past. He knows what's happening in the present. And then he knows what's going to happen in the future. Not only does he know what's going to happen in the future, but what really blows my mind, he's already in the future. He's already, it just gives me a brain freeze when I'm trying to think about how God is already ahead of me. And what's amazing about that is that God already knows what's going to happen in the future, and he wants to use me. Like, he wants to use you to bring him glory now and in the, I know the past, you might have done some things, you might have said, you might have, but that doesn't matter. It's the present and the future. God is with you now. He's forgiven you for that. So we're moving forward now knowing that he's ahead of me and God still wants to use me to bring him glory. And that's what we talk about here at the Ridge is that God has a plan, right? He's got a plan for your life. And the reason we know that God is ahead of us and that he's guiding and directing us that his presence goes ahead of us is because this is what Scripture teaches us, right? And there, there are very, um, there, there are so many amazing stories in Scripture where God's presence leads people, and, and they follow after God's presence, and because they follow God's presence, they have amazing testimonies. And those people that don't follow God's presence into the future and what he guides and directs next, if they don't do it, then they live a life filled with regrets. And they're like, oh, I wish I had. wish I'd seen his presence. Wish I'd been willing to walk forward with them. Let me give you this great example of a time that God literally led his people. After God had given his name to Moses, the great I am. And they're moving forward out of Egypt. And they're wandering through the desert. In Exodus 13, we find this amazing story. This is so cool. This is what it says. It says, the Lord went ahead of them, directing them. He guided, directed them during the day with a pillar of cloud. And then he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. 
And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of his people. I love this. Check this out. A couple things that we learn from this. God is available to us night and day. At night, he's leading his people. At day, he's leading his people. God is always available, which is not always the same for us. I don't know about y'all, but let me ask you this question. How many of y'all turn on the nighttime feature on your phone that silences your phone at a certain time so you can go to sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I do the same thing. And the reason I do that is because there are some of you at like 1 o'clock in the morning, you find something you think is funny, and you're like, my preacher is going to love this. And so you send it to me at 1 a.m. I've got no love for funny memes at 1 a.m., I'm just going to admit, unless it's about Florida. Then maybe, then maybe, maybe then. Uh, But no, I... I've got that nighttime feature, of course, that silences the phone that allows me to sleep unless it's an emergency. Then I got love. I got love for emergencies at 1 a.m., but nothing more. But God, God's not on call just on certain times. Love this. This is one of the things about this story. He doesn't have a do not disturb hanger that he puts on the door. He's not that grumpy old man that's sitting on the front porch falling asleep wishing that you wouldn't bother him. No, no, no. His guidance is available for you at any time. Whether that's first thing in the morning when you wake up or in the middle of the day when you need some help with something. Or even in the middle of the night when you're so stressed out and you know this happens and you wake up and you need his presence. He's there. He's always there. And he loves it. When you reach out, he's directing day or night. The other thing about this story is that God keeps his presence in front of his people. God leads the Israelites with fire at night and a cloud during the day, which means, here's what's great about this. It, It means that he's not Asking you, he's not asking the Israelites, but he's not asking you to go somewhere that he's not already going, right? He's already heading into that area. He's leading you. So let me just, when it comes to this point, let me just ask you, what would it be like to just give five minutes of your morning to God? And maybe start there and let that time grow and build a little bit, but just give that opening couple of minutes And just say, God, I know that your presence is with me. And God, I don't know what's ahead of me today, but here's here's what's happening in my day. Would you go ahead of me? God, would you prepare that path? Would I stay close? Can I stay close to your presence today? And would you guide me? And would you lead me? What would change? What would change in your day if you were willing to have that conversation? Because what we learned from this is, number one, God directs me with his presence. Number two, the other thing that we learn is that God protects me daily. God can protect me daily with his presence. Because of his omnipresence, I am protected. The protection of God is given to the people of God. In fact, there are so many ways that God protects us with his presence. I actually wonder if when we get up to heaven, we're going to be able to look back over our life and our jaws are just going to drop because we are not going to be able to fully understand how many times God's presence was with us and we just didn't know it. And here's the other thing. I wonder if God would be able to do even more to protect us in a greater way 
if we were willing to ask him for more of his presence. You see, the reason I bring that up is because I believe there's this correlation in Scripture to God's blessing, his provision, his protection, and people willing to go after it. People willing to ask God for it. Right, to go after God and say, God, I need your protection. I think there's this correlation here to him being willing to give it or to do more. It's kind of like this. When it comes to protection, I think about, I think about needing protection. Um, I don't like getting sick at all. And when I get sick, it's really bad. I, I am a big baby when I get sick. How many of y'all are big babies when you get sick? How many of y'all will admit it? Okay, let me ask you this. How many of y'all are married to a big baby when they get sick? There's the hands. There's the hands right there. So I remember one time I was so sick, and I think I've shared this story a while back, but um, I got so sick when the girls were little, and it came out of nowhere, and it kind of hit me. And you know, you, you know how you have those moments where your mouth gets that salty water taste? You know what I'm talking about? And you realize you've only got a couple of seconds before everything comes out? Okay, well, I had one of those moments, and I ran. I ran to the kitchen. I grabbed the trash can, and I am just going to town. And I am over the top, and I am obnoxious with it. And, y'all, I am so sorry if this is grossing y'all out. But everything inside of me was coming out, and it was so much that Abby was like, I mean, she was like five at the time, and she's in the den, and she hears me, and she just starts crying. (laughs) And she runs over to Shannon, and she grabs and She says, Mama. Is dad dying? (laughs) And Shannon said, no, honey, dad's just a little dramatic. (laughs) We still talk about that today. But knowing that I get sick very easily, I like to have protection. So I go after protection. Like if I know that you are feeling sick, I will step back five feet. I'll still have a conversation with you, but I'm not going to be close to you. I'll fist bump you. I'm, not gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to try not to even do that, right? And if you're in the room and you leave the room, when you leave the room, I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to do it while you're there. But when you leave, I'm going to saw everything that you touched when you came in, right? Like, I'm going after that extra protection. I wonder how much more God would be able to do or how much more God wants to do in our life if we went after him more, right? What would happen if we got ahead of our day by just opening ourselves to him and just taking that extra precaution and just saying, God, I just want more of you. God, I want more of your presence. What do you think? Don't you think God would honor that request? Don't you think that's the kind of request that God is looking for, that God's going after? In the book of Ezra, Ezra puts it this way in chapter 8. The prophet writes this. He says, For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horses to accompany us and protect us from the enemies along the way. After all, we had told the king, and here's what Ezra was telling the king, our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him. I want you to notice this phrase, okay? God's hand of protection is on those who worship him. He goes on to say, but his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him, who turn from him. So Ezra's like, so here's what we did. We fasted. And we prayed, and we went after God that he would take care of us. And look what happened. And God heard our prayer. You see, this omnipresence of God reminds us that there are amazing ways that God protects us. There's this amazing connection between God's presence in our life and wanting to do more in our life 
and us going after him. So don't forget his presence. Don't forget the protection that he offers because it's easy to forget sometimes, isn't it? It it is. It's easy to forget that he is with us right now. And when we forget, when we forget is when we fear. That's when we let fear overwhelm us. And I don't have to fear because God's presence is with me and he promises to protect me. I think a lot of us this morning when we came into this place, we probably brought some fears in with us today. So why not take whatever that is that you brought in here today and just give it over to him. And just say, God, I'm handing this over to you right now. More of your presence. God, I need this area protected. Will you be with me? Then the third thing we learn is that I can enjoy God daily. That God can be with me every day. When we truly understand God's omnipresence, then we enjoy life. Right? We can enjoy our relationship with God. And this is important because life will try to rob your joy. There are so many things that will try to steal your joy. Let me give you a couple of mine. When the Braves lose in the ninth inning. Steals my joy. Getting caught in traffic. Long lines. Long lines will steal my joy. In fact, the other night, um, Shannon and I went out for a snack. We drive to this place, and it's just our favorite place to go for a snack. And when we got there, the place was packed inside. I mean, it was so packed inside, there were people standing outside. Now, let me ask you this. Think of your favorite place to get a snack, because I think there are two types of people. There are people that will wait on that snack. How many of y'all will wait on that snack that you like? Yeah, okay, all right. How many of y'all will look at that and say, nope, I'm not waiting on that? Yep. So that was me. I was like, nope, I'm not waiting in that line. And it stole my joy. There are all kinds of things that will steal our joy. But the biggest thing for me, the biggest thing for me, and this is probably for you too. It's worrying. It's worrying. Worry is probably the biggest thing that steals our joy. When we're trapped in worrying about the past... Worrying about something in the present or worrying about something, in the, uh, the, something that's on the horizon, it, it tends to steal the joy that I have for today. Let me remind you of one of my favorite verses. I use this all the time. Jesus said this. He said, do not worry about your life. Jesus is pointing to his presence here, the presence of God. I know what life is like. I know what you're going through. So he says, do not worry about what you will eat. Do not worry about what you drink. Do not worry about what you're going to wear. He might go on today. If he were in today, he would say how you're going to pay the rent, how you're going to help your child through this transition in life. Basically, trust the presence of God. Jesus also says that when we worry, we act like someone who doesn't believe in God. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have all its own worries, the trouble that we have in a day are enough for one day. So his presence, his presence with me means that I can trust him. And I don't have to worry about those things that just, gosh, that just, just engulf me sometimes. So, you know, you, you can either worry about these things and miss out in life, or you can turn all those things over to God and realize his presence and protection is with you and enjoy that presence. Enjoy him on a daily basis and take, as the song says, just take one 
day at a time, realizing that he is with me and his presence promises to be with me today and tomorrow. So you, you see, I think, I think this series can make a difference because how we understand God determines our outlook on life. There is a direct correlation between your picture of God and your view in life. And life isn't going to make a lot of sense until you make sense of God. So as we begin with his presence, we begin by understanding that his presence, it guides me, he protects me, and because he's with me, I get to enjoy the life that he's given me. So let me leave you with this thought. What's my image of God like? Do I have this image of a God being distant, of being far away, not really present? What would happen right now if we left this worship realizing that God is here, that he wants to guide you? The question is, will you let him? Let's pray. God, I just thank you. God, I thank you so much for being with us. God, we praise you. We praise you for who you are. That yes, you are in the heavens, but you're also big enough to be with me right now. That you are with every person in here right now. God, you're not just looking off, not really caring for your creation, but that you love us, that you are here with us, that you love us so much that you're willing to send your son to die, Jesus, for our sins, so that we could have that personal relationship with you. God, we thank you for the relationship that's been opened through his death and resurrection. So God, just help us understand that when we accept you into our hearts, that your desire is to move in and to take full control and to be present with us always. And that presence, God, that's with us is meant to guide us. It's meant to protect us. God, just help us to understand all the blessings that come so that we can enjoy each and every day of this life that you've given us. God, I just pray for every person in here. God, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that doesn't know your presence in their life because they've never accepted your son, Jesus, then I just pray that they would do that this morning. That they would pray to invite you in so they can know the forgiveness that comes for the past. So they can know the feeling that comes from your presence being with them right now and the assurance of you going before them. So God, would you just be with us as we move through this series? God, help us to tear down those images that we have that might not be true, that might have been given to us by other people. Help us to be prepared to see you in a new way, in the way that you intended to be known. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen.